welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law and Courtroom Quarterback. And uh, as my guest host today, which is not really even, you're kind of a half a guest host now, uh, full-time uh, <laughs> co-host on the, the quarterbacking part. Hey, Chris, great to have you with me this week. Oh, I'm super looking forward to this week, man. We had some great games this weekend, and I'm glad to be a half half host. Is that like a mini host? You are. Is it, is it like a hostess donut? Yes, you, you're mini. You, you exactly. You, you're not quite there. You're not quite what McKenzie has. Uh, McKenzie uh, can run a marathon. I'm almost there. Last I checked, uh, you and I have not run too many marathons. Uh, I'll throw myself in there, but I want to just get right to it because I like to. I don't know if this is a humble brag or what this is, but I always like to ask my whoever I'm interviewing your location. I want to know where you are. And right now I am in the middle of the Caribbean sea. Uh, I have had a blast this week. <laughs> oh yeah. My view right now is so uh, just water all every which way the eye can see. Chris, I can just go on. I know you don't want to hear my vacation stories, but wow. I had a great time, I got to unpack a couple of vacation stories. I did this. I don't know. Was it a ten day cruise I'm on now? In in uh, in we went to Aruba. We went to uh, Bonaire. We went to Curacao. And I, I hope I'm pronouncing these. Ooh. I you know what I uh, so I, have, fancy. I, I practiced that. I, I worked on it, and so it, it is. Have you taken a cruise, Chris? I have. Uh, right before COVID, actually, the November four before COVID, the wife and I went for my best friend's fortieth down to the Bahamas. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is food galore. You're eating nonstop. Gorgeous. The best food. Oh, yes. Uh, so obviously I've been exercising just so that I can eat, exercise, eat, exercise, eat. It's been a lot of fun. Of course. But a couple of things course. I want to just point out, since this is a legal and a sports podcast, I thought let's, let's talk a little bit about this. So let's talk first of all about the law. I was surprised by the COVID anti-non-restrictions. So again, this is you and I just talking. Yeah. But what, Chris, what is your thought on the perspective of of mask wearing and vaccines? And do you get this idea that there's this idea Americans are mavericks and we are, we are arrogant and we don't like to wear a mask because we're just idiots? Have you gotten that kind of perception? I think in the world's eyes, that perception is pretty valid and that's how the world sees us is just kind of being... Defiant. I wouldn't say Mavericks. I would say more just defiant against what some of the more um, arrogant countries would call normal. Exactly. That's the perspective we get. As politically neutral as I can get. That's the perspective we get by being in America about what the world thinks of us. I got to tell you, if you go to where I've just been, which would be South America, places like that, that's not the case. I am telling you, it is not the case. We yeah. were thinking, oh my goodness, we, we got to wear a mask wherever we go. No. The locals in Aruba, the locals in mm-hmm. Bonaire, the locals in Curacao, none of them are wearing masks. And they say, oh, yeah, wear your mask. No matter where you go, so all the Americans are wearing their masks. We are the only ones, the taxi driver is not wearing a mask. The people at the hotel, the people at the beaches, it doesn't exist <laughs> out there. But yet we, the thought is, oh, Americans are arrogant. No, that is not the case. I am telling you, we were the ones being studious. Uh, of course, eventually we said, you know what, if the locals are not, are not wearing masks, we're going to take our mask off as well, which leads me to my next observation, Chris. That I want to point the mask weren't the only things 
that the locals were not wearing. Now, I, I don't mean to um, entice people to uh, come on these cruises, but I'm just telling mm. you, we went to this beach. And uh, I, I'm going to try to keep this um, up and up. But let me just say, I, I told Wendy, I go, wow, I just saw the our modesty is a little bit different uh, in America than it is internationally. You under- got to understand that. I understand. I said, Wendy, I'm I just catching saw, what you're throwing out. I, said, I just saw, I said, I just saw the biggest pair of breasts I've ever seen. This guy should be wearing a bra. <laughs> I mean, this guy's got to be wearing a bra. I, I it was a, <laughs> oh. it was a, oh, I cannot see that. Dudes across the world. <laughs> I know. It's like, please. Oh no! When I was in, um, I took a trip to Australia, a work trip to Australia, a few years back, and. Um, just walk walking some of the beaches. We were on the the uh, the east side of Australia. We we're in Sydney area, Bondi Beach area, and I'm telling you right now, dudes have no shame. No, they do not in Australia. They they do not. Uh, None whatsoever. I was I was like, okay, then we're gonna keep walking. Let's so do I this. felt liberated. I, I could take my shirt off and just walk around. But you know, whatever yes. they they've seen it before, so we're all good there. But uh, no, it is it is amazing. You know what? I am an um, I'm an American three, but I am like an Australian eight or nine. I'm just putting that <laughs> That's out right. there. You are, we are good to go, man. We got to live large, live out there on the sea. No, th- I'm telling you, I don't think I'm ever going to have a better cruising experience than this right here. I've been on this celebrity oh, cruise ship that can seat about three thousand is how many it can normally hold, but by per regulations, they're only mm-hmm. running at a third of capacity, so we don't even have a thousand people. We have our pick of lawn chairs everywhere. Oh, that's yeah, beautiful. No crowds. It's social distancing. It's, and you can't imagine a safer place to be anywhere than on a cruise ship. Let me just set the stage for you. We had to, everyone here, 100% of everyone on this ship had to have tested negative within t- two days before uh, disembarking. And they had to have been vaccinated. Okay. So you cannot have a, a cluster of people more healthier than the people on this ship. I hope that my grammar was correct there, but a hundred percent, you know, more healthier. Yeah, exactly. And so it is a lot of fun. Hey, and sorry guys for the background noise. I am on this cruise ship. I looked for a nice quiet place to go, but uh, yeah, no, you are going to hear some background noise, but Hey, it is what it is for this week. So Chris and I are going to try to keep it somewhat short. So you don't have to listen to all these external noises. Uh, and just know that I am enjoying incredible views here. Uh, Chris, so uh, one other legal point is I want to bring out there. Again, we don't have to get into too much analysis here. But at the Supreme Court this week, uh, abortion providers did ask the Supreme Court to take a rushed, quick yes. look at the Texas abortion case. Uh, and so that is a fascinating case from all different angles. You have the fact that it is a serious restriction on abortion. It protects um, uh, the pre-born. At the six-week stage, it says basically once a heartbeat is detected, in most cases you cannot abort that that, that preborn. Uh, but the most fascinating thing about this law right. is that it this says the state cannot enforce the law; private citizens are the ones that have to enforce it, and so it creates a real interesting legal challenge. And so uh, who knows what's going to happen with that case? Uh, but Extreme, that, well, and that was the the challenge, right? The challenge came from some Arkansas lawyer, and then the second guy that jumped onto it was. Is a Chicago lawyer, so it's 
random lawyers from random states going, hey, this guy confessed to, to doing an abortion. Let's go ahead and get that 10 G's. It, it is amazing. Yeah, it is, it is fascinating to see how these things will, will stack up and, and play out in court. And uh, behind the scenes, I don't see it behind the scenes, but also going on at the same time, you have to go over mm-hmm. to um, uh, Mississippi. And that case actually is set for oral argument now at the Supreme Court on December 1st. Oh, I, I, I got one last thought on this cruise ship again. I just got to tell you this. I have a lot of different cruise stories to tell, so uh, I saw, I'm sorry for that. But I also will call this the geriatric cruise. I don't know if you ever, you know, if you ah. like cruising, if you're considered cruising, I am on the Celebrity Cruise, which by design, the Celebrity Cruise is one with a big old X on their fins or boats. I don't know what you call the different parts of the ship, but nonetheless, uh, it's uh, this by design, there are no th- attractions for kids. I love that. So there's no I want to big do that. old slides. I want to do that in my adult life. Yes, yeah, yeah there, there's no big slides, there's no zip lines, things like that. And so the rea- the practical reality from that is kids aren't coming on this cruise. And, and so it's just simply a bunch of old farts here. <laughs> and yeah, even though I am knocking down 50's door, I am by far pr- the youngest person on this cruise. And so you got that going for it as well. I'm not be... sure that's good or bad or what that is. Yeah, this has to be the greatest cruise of your life, Joel. You're the youngest one there. You're the most athletic and energetic the handsomest guy there for sure the funniest guy there oh this has got to be this is exactly. Joel's dream it is man i go to the gym in the morning and i am buff i am showing the people how it's done right. and yeah hey grandpa move over there it's my turn at that machine and so yeah i have thought about doing that well it'd be kind of fun to work a cruise on the you know do one of their comedy sticks on it maybe we'll do a cle cruise in the future Ooh. uh it would be a lot of fun cle on the sea Seeing it now. See, there you go. It's it's perfect. It, it kind of sells itself, and it's going to be a tax write-off. So it's all good. Everyone, hey, IRS, I was just kidding about that. We would follow the proper procedures <laughs> on that. Uh, but nonetheless. Schedule C all day long. Oh, man. I, yeah, it is a lot of fun. All right, so let's get back on track here. We talked mm-hmm. COVID law. We've talked a little bit of abortion and jurisprudence. Let's jump right in to football, which I know is um, is courtroom quarterback. We like to analyze the legal aspects in law or or in sports, but then also we're just going to talk a lot of sports and because that's my favorite subject. That's your favorite subject. So let's just jump right in to what happened last week. Chris, what were your main storylines from last week's action? It's going to be the the rise and fall of Chris Marone's predictability. I I chose the Jets over the Pats and, you know, willful foolishness or youthful indifference, whatever you want to call it. It was purely one of the most horrible decisions I've made in the football picking career that is Chris Marone. And, you know, the, the game was set to be great. I was really looking forward to seeing Zach Wilson put on a show. And then I remembered it's the New York Jets. Yeah, you came in last week. Now, let me just remind our listeners that you were 5-0 and week one. And so in my my mind, I'm thinking, Arrogance. well, I, when, now when Chris speaks, I'm going to be listening here. I'm going to be putting my money on Chris's picks. He knows what he's talking about. So it's with that abated anticipation, Ooh. I watched last week's games. And yeah, Chris, I got you, you, you let me down oh, a little bit here. Uh, let's go over your nice. picks. The Jets, Patriots. You thought in your brilliance that the Jets were going to uh, win that game. Did you say they're going to win that game or just cover? I said they were going to win. I and 
going back to last week, I did preface this as my wild card wish and a prayer game that I wanted to test my okay. abilities to predict on. So I knew that there was there was a lot of danger, a lot of danger involved in that pick, but I didn't realize it was going to be as bad as I as it, as it was. I didn't realize the Jets were just going to, you know, Jets. There, there's no other verb for it. Well, you picked the Jets plus five and a half points. You picked the under at 43. Yep. You did win the under because the Jets got shellacked uh, 25 to six. They got beat by the Patriots. What we learned from that game is the more things change, the more things that stay the same. The Jets are still the Jets, and apparently the Patriots are still the Patriots, and the Patriots absolutely schooled that rookie at quarterback. Yeah. All right, the Falcons-Bucks, another game that you, uh, you've you had better days. Uh, you picked the Falcons to cover that spread. They got sh- – they uh, the Falcons uh, – Falcons actually got shellacked by the Bucks, uh, forty-eight to twenty-five. Yeah. So you did win the over on that. You got that one right because it was a high-scoring affair. Yeah. But you picked uh, the, the Falcons, and they just got their the comeuppance, I guess. All right. Well, we and Bra- bo- Brady had a day. Brady had an all-star day at that game. He was, I think, he was like two ninety-six passing. He was like thirty-three for thirty-eight. Insane. But I think the real story out of the Bucks game, the Bucks Atlanta game, is that Antonio Brown right. got three attempts for a total of like 16 yards, and now all of a sudden he has COVID and won't be playing any more games for a while. Wow. That just goes to show you when you have that many weapons so, on your team and you have a quarterback who knows how to distribute the ball, they're going to go a oh, long for way. Sure. And so they are clicking. And uh, I am a little bit scared because I'm going to have to go back and erase our very first podcast where I made my Super Bowl predictions and I made a certain hot take on the Buccaneers. And quite frankly, I'm looking dumber and dumber every single week. But nonetheless, your last two picks were Casey Baltimore. You picked the over as I did. We both nailed that one. Casey Baltimore, we knew this right. was going to be a high scoring affair. Uh, basically, we said whenever the Chiefs play uh, the Ravens, it's a high scoring affair. There will be no defense whatsoever. And that actually was the case. Uh, and also, San Francisco, Philadelphia, we both picked that one. We nailed it. We said, look, uh, yep. Philly's going to have uh, come back to reality here it's gonna be a very low scoring affair great defenses uh, you know um, yep. uh, Jalen Hurts is gonna come back to reality not do as well and it played out exactly as we picked it so you finished three 100%. and three last week you're you start with five hundred dollars and now you still are at five hundred and fifty dollars so up ten percent over a two-week period of time not doing too bad I had a little yeah. bit better week last week. I you finished did. You did. four zero and one. My only t- blemish was a tie. I picked the Cowboys to um, uh, beat the Chargers and cover the spread. I guess the Chargers were favored by by three. I thought the Cowboys will cover that. Well, they did, but barely. They won a twenty to seventeen, and so that was all. That was my only blemish. That was a tie. But let's just kind of talk a little bit about one big game from this last week. And I got some things to say about it. Biggest game. Biggest game of the week. Yes. Nebraska, Oklahoma. This was the 50th anniversary of the game of the century. A lot of people were talking about it. And here is my takeaway from this. I am tired. No, Chris, I am sick and tired of moral (laughs) victories. Nebraska leads the nation in moral victories. 
Chris, you've seen the, the 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 standings where there's wins and there's losses and there's ties. Do you know where they put moral victories under? Yeah, that's it's under bragging rights. It's a completely yeah, separate category it, that the NCAA doesn't track. It doesn't get you to a bowl no, no, game. You, it doesn't get you anywhere. It just makes you feel good on the inside. You're being nice. You, you're just being nice to me. It I, is the second category under the big old L. It is a L. It is a loss. You might as well got <laughs> shellacked 54 to nothing. It gives you nothing. And we are leading the nation. I kid you not. It's a true stat. We are leading the nation in moral victories. I think over the last two years, the Nebraska has lost, I think now, eight or nine games by less than a score, by less than a touchdown. And, uh, yeah, I'm getting sick and tired of moral victories. And it is a sad day in Nebraska's history where we write headlines now say at least we played it a close game. Uh, no, I'm tired of that. Yeah. I want to start winning these games. But hey, Nebraska did play well. We just lost by a score. And so, I don't know. Do you have any takeaways from the Nebraska OU game? I think it, it played out exactly as we were talking about, that they would be within 10 points. Yes. Um, I think that, you know, Nebraska is showing a little bit more than they did the previous week, but there's a lot to get done. There's a lot of work to get done. And I think Oklahoma was actually surprised more about Nebraska's play. They thought it was going to be a, an easier victory for them. So you well, could tell by the by mid-fourth quarter, though they were not in any danger of losing this game, they were turning it up a little bit more than they normally would have in, in a different situation. So I feel like Nebraska yes. got a little intimidation points. For, for making Oklahoma play better than they wanted to. But at the end of the day, Nebraska just needs to keep stepping it up. They just got to they gotta build back better. They do, and they, and they will not. You and I uh, call this exactly as it happened. Go back and listen to the tape from last week. What I said was... It's OU was favored by 22 and a half points. I said, Chris, that is ridiculous. Right. There is no way Nebraska will get beat. We yeah, are good no at playing games close. But I believe I said this. I guarantee you. No, I guarantee you Nebraska is not going to yeah. pull off the W. We will find a way to lose. That's exactly what happened. We played it close, but we <laughs> found a way to lose. So maybe one of these days we'll find a way to get over that hump. Scott Frost is good at, co at coming with a game plan. But what he's not good at doing is coaching the fundamentals. We will make mistakes. We will do a stupid offsides penalty, a stupid false start. We'll run a touchback yep. back into the end zone for a safety, whatever. We're just not that mentally tough. We're not We're not a mentally tough team. And so I have no hope for the rest of this year. That be, I'm going to get off my negative train. I'm here in the middle of the Caribbean. Okay. So I'm going to uh, right. now turn it back positive, which is this. Best vacation uh, ever. Let's be happy. Oh, it was an amazing vacation. All right, so a couple other takeaways I want to talk about from last week before we get into our picks. Chris, the importance of ball security. In fact, I want to throw this out there. I think the running back position in today's NFL and college sports is the most overrated position. What do you think about that? It is. 100% it is. It's the most flash. It's the most everything. And it's you could be mediocre at it, and people think you're the most amazing person on the face of the planet. Yes, the, 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 the stud it's just, it's, running back. Now, I want to throw one exception out uh, there. And let's not talk about Travis Henry for the Tennessee Titans. He is a beast of a different, I don't know how you describe him. He's, for sure. he's amazing. For sure. He's, exactly. He's, yeah. 
I will say this: How but, many NFL Super Bowls have the have the Tennessee Titans won with with Travis Henry? The answer would be zero. But nonetheless, you, yep. you just can't rely on your running back. Running backs are a product of a good offense. They're not what causes right. the good offense. Well, and you know the best example of that is Barry Sanders at Detroit. Barry Sanders right. is arguably the best running back of all time. Yes, amazing. And you put him in Detroit. How many rings did he get? Zero. They'll they'll right. they'll, they'll look good. But, they will get some stats. But, but when push comes to shove, if your right. offense is centered on that one guy carrying the rock, defenses will know how right. to shut that that running back down again. Outside of Travis Henry, we get Travis Henry's different. I will point out he has right. not won a Super Bowl yet, so I'm not sure how different he is. He's built differently. Yeah, but he, he is a beast. And then, so here's where I'm going with that. The last night, Carolina played the Texans, and, and McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, their stud running back, got hurt. And the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. looked even better. I mean, you just you don't need your stud running back. Uh, he, he is a no. Uh, he's a great way to close the game out, I guess, if you have a stud running back. But if he is all you have, your offense will get shut down. Which brings me to the Kansas City game. Now I mentioned the running back is the most overrated position, in, but here's what you got to have: the one's trait you absolutely have to have for your running back is this. Ball security. If he cannot hold on to that 100%. football, you've got to cut him. He, he will do no good for you. Yes. Here's what happened with the Chiefs game. We uh, had the lead the entire game uh, playing the Baltimore um, Ravens. You know, it played out like we thought it would. Chiefs had a, had a lead. In fact, a double-digit lead. Um, we Our defense was horrible, which I kind of get in today's day and age in the NFL. You can't have a great offense and a great defense. You have a salary cap. And so, yes, you might catch lightning right. in a bottle for one year, but players will want to get paid. And so you can only put your money on one side of the ball. You can't have incredible offense and an incredible defense. Chiefs have an incredible offense. So you will have a bad defense. So we get that. We accept that. that that's I, I don't lament the fact that the Chiefs defense stinks. All right. But the Chiefs then got the ball back with two minutes left. And we have Patrick Mahomes. We're going to win this game. Yeah. They can't stop us. Nail it. We know how to milk that clock. We are going to win this game. And as you know, the Chiefs did not win that game. And do you know why? Running backs. He fumbled the ball. I, I don't get this, Chris. Yeah, he is yeah. going. And we are positioning ourselves for the game-winning field goal. He's going through the middle of the line. He does not have two hands on the ball. Why? Not even a little bit. What are you thinking? You think you're Colton? Show, showboating. Yeah. Showboating. You know what you got to do. Showboating. That's a lot. He wants to be the Sports Center top 10 of the week. Yeah. So he actually had two hands on the That's ball, it. and then he decided, I'm going to take my hand off the ball and just run with one hand. That's when the defender got his hand in. It wasn't even a direct hit. He just slapped at the ball. Now, I get it. These are NFL players. They're strong. Both of them are strong. Right. You should never allow someone to f- cause a fumble with a hand slap. Now, a direct helmet hit on the ball. Okay, I get that one. That's a, that's a great play right. by the defense. Hats off of to force. you. You your head was spearing. You gave up your body. It, it went right on the ball. Nothing is going to protect that other than you probably should learn to turn to avoid that. You should anticipate that coming in. But for crying out loud, a hand slap should not cause a fumble when you are positioning yourself for the game-winning field goal. So I, I got to tell you, right. uh, Hilaire, I love him. He's a great running back. The Chiefs were excited to draft him last year. 
I give them one more fumble, and they're going to cut them. And, and you think I'm wrong. Let me throw out a name for you. Sean McCoy. Do you know who Sean I, McCoy I is? Is he, yeah. is he employed right now? He was cut. He, geez, cut him. No. You can't ha- have a cut running him. back you rely on who just carries the football like it's a loaf of bread and coming home from Walmart. You can't do that. And so. Do your job. Yes. And you cannot fumble. That. Protect and the ball. your quarterback is yeah. the greatest quarterback to ever play, and yes, I do believe that. With time, will t- <laughs> will will prove that true. But nonetheless, uh, time is telling right yes, now. You don't take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands by fumbling the football. You just can't. Yes, I know Patrick Mahomes threw an interception right. a couple series before, which is inexcusable. But we all know there is a difference between a boneheaded decision, you know. In the middle of the third quarter, that as you're positioning yourself for the game-winning field goal, one you can come back from, the other one you just cemented the loss. And so uh, you you can't do that. Yeah. The running back is the most overrated position in football. Number one, you got to protect the ball because you can do a lot more harm than you can do good. I don't care how fast you are, how fast you can jump if you don't hold on to the ball they are going to cut you all right chris i'm gonna get off my uh my soapbox here uh i didn't mean to grant <laughs> that horse? long oh my goodness i just kind of went crazy on that bring me back down what are your picks for this next week all right so we're gonna do the pick everybody knows that i'm gonna take 49ers packers we're gonna take the niners i'm not even gonna do the over under i'm not even gonna talk about it i don't want to even think about it i'm gonna take the niners Straight victory. They're going to cover the three-and-a-half-point spread that's going on right now. Niners are going to win by at least four points. So Niners over who? Niners over the Packers. The Packers. That's going to be a very – You're going against your guy, your boy. Going against – well, he's not exactly showing up. Like, he's just – you know, Green Bay's just kind of playing right now. They're not – right. They're not playing NFC champion-type football. All right. They're just playing. Yeah. And you can tell there's some, there's some un, 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 unhappy feelings. Aaron Rodgers doesn't mask his feelings very well. We can tell that he's unhappy. So that's a hot pick got, there for I'm you. Gonna take, I'm going to take Jimmy G over over the Golden Boy Aaron Rodgers. All right, gotcha. And what's your next pick? Second pick, we got the Rams and the Buccaneers. Ah, uh, good game, good game. Right, it's going to be fantastic. Remember, check the tapes. I'm picking Rams Chiefs Super Bowl. So I'm going to take. And the Bucks are. Oh, this is a preview of the championship game. Right. The Bucks are only favored by one and a half points. Okay. So wow. I'm going to take the Rams. This is going to be a preview of the NFC championship game. And I hope I don't eat my words on this with the Bucks winning. But it's going to be a preview of the NFC championship game where the Rams are going to win by at least two points. They're going to cover the spread. All right, Chris. Again, not doing the over-under this week. That got me in trouble with the Jets and the, the Patriots. It got me a little too cocky. So I'm going to be a little more conservative with my bets this time around. Let me just pause there to say you be careful what you wish for. I am a Chiefs fan. I know Indeed. all about the Chiefs beating Brady during the regular season and then Brady getting the last laugh. And so he knows how to do that. You right. you would want Brady to win this game because if he loses it, I think your Super Bowl pick will be in doubt because he knows how to flip the script at the end of the year. I don't know how he does it, but I fear that happened. But you just pegged the game of the week, I believe. I believe that is going to be a great game. You're right. That is going to be a preview of the NFC Championship game. And I like you putting your money where your mouth is, and you went against Tom Brady, the anti-goat. All right, next pick. 
There we go. And then the last one, because it's a hometown favorite, we're going to go cards, the Cardinals versus the Jags. All right. And right now the Cardinals are a seven and a half point favor. I see that. They're definitely going to beat the Jags by at least 10. You know what? Let's start right there. So are those all your picks? Those are my picks for today. I got, I want to start right there because that is my number one pick as well. So, hey, listening public, you just heard both from Chris and myself. Independently, we analyzed all of the games this week, and we both are in agreement the Cardinals will cover over the woeful Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think Urban Meyer has figured it out yet. I think that is a mess over there in Jacksonville. He has no idea what he's doing. Last week, the big talk was... Will Urban Meyer be the next coach of USC? Folks, that's not a good indicate sign. Yeah. When it's after week one and the talk is, are you going to quit your job and go over to USC and be a college coach where you belong? That's not good for um, uh, uh, for them. So I, I worry about that. Um, I, I'm picking the Cardinals to cover the seven and a half point spread. Also, Saints. For sure. For sure. That's easy money right there. Easy money. Here's the other pick. The Saints and Patriots. It's going to be in Boston. The Saints are um, the underdogs here by three points. I think the Saints are going to have a rebound game here. Uh, I know it's Belichick, but he's a rookie quarterback. I just have to go with the Saints here. Um, you know, they got so embarrassed last week. You know, Sean Payton is it will fix things. He is that good of a coach. He can do that by this week. So I'm going to pick the Saints plus three over the Patriots. Kansas City. Uh, Love that. Minus six and a half over the Chargers. Of course. I think Casey will have a rebound game. I know I am a homer. I get that. So don't bet your money on this pick because I do have that bias. I just think that Kansas City is going to be mad this week. They This will be a high-scoring affair. Uh, and so but the Chiefs, I think, will cover I think the, so. the, the touchdown. And uh, which also leads me to my next pick. I do believe this will be a high-scoring affair. So I think Chargers and Kansas City, I'm going to take the over at 54 and a half. I think this is um, they're just going to be scoring no defense whatsoever in this game. And they will make they will cover the 54 and a half points. And then my last game is Cowboys Eagles. I'm taking the under at 51 and a half. I think that um the Eagles are going to be in a world of hurt this year. I'm not a. I love Jalen Hurts as a person. I'm not a big fan of him as a quarterback, and so I think this will be a low-scoring affair. I'm taking the under on the Eagles and the Cowboys. All right. Well, I am enjoying my cruise. I love that. We bold choice. It is. So I, I'm very fascinated. I'm going to be watching this Cardinals Jacksonville game. So you and I both independently picked that one. I'm going to be watching it. So either you and I are both idiots, and I'll have to do some selective deleting next week. But nonetheless, uh, I I feel more confident about that than I do uh, certain cases at the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, there you go. There's our courtroom quarterback. I'm going to go back to the beach to my geriatric cruise and have (laughs) some fun here. And so, Chris, you have fun out there wherever you are in the middle of hell, I think. Uh, Scottsdale, I think, is where you call it. Yep. Still 100 degrees in Arizona, baby. Yeah, Chris, do a little favor. I, I'm not. I don't want to get in theology here, but let's just do a little bit of a role play, if you will. I want you to close your eyes, all right, and, and envision <laughs> you are in hell. Okay, are you doing that? Is, yep. is that okay? Is that allowed uh, via your religious beliefs? Okay. Um, is it hot or is it cold? Do you any idea? 
No, hell is more of an outer darkness than a fiery torture pit. All right, all right. My point is, yeah, it's a... But no, I, I, no, I have the, the notion of hell. I'm there with you. It's usually Arizona, but we can go with it's this. It's closer to Arizona than it is to Antarctic, though. If you ask my wife, it, I'm, no, for her, hell, that would definitely be the Antarctic. Uh, she cannot stand the cold, so I guess. Yeah, this is not a theology podcast. <laughs> this is a law and sports podcast. I'm going to get off of... Um, my theological discussion. All right, Chris, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. You too, sir. Have fun, man. Enjoy your vacation. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a mess Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do, Brooke Bolin for spreading the good word about us, and Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Triplicity Marketing for our technical and computer support. <laughs>